November 13, 1991. Silver Spring, Maryland, a suburb north of Washington, D.C. Montgomery County police respond to a report of shots fired at a car dealership. Officers discover the body of a woman shot in the chest and forehead. And another gunshot victim nearby. The man is breathing but unconscious. Paramedics rush him to the hospital. Montgomery County homicide detective Ed Day coordinates his department's swift response to the slaying. You saturate the case as fast as you can, work on it as fast as you can, get as much information as fast as you can, and try to resolve it as fast as you can. Uh, unfortunately, the homicides, uh, time is terrible. The more time goes by, the less your odds are that you're going to have a satisfactory conclusion to the investigation. Investigators learn the two victims are janitors. They were cleaning the building that night and would have come outside around 10 p.m. to dump the garbage. The detectives work to determine a motive for the attack. You don't overlook the obvious. You have a shooting like this at a car lot. Uh, is that a possible uh, motive for the killing, the theft of a car? Of course, had representatives from the auto dealer come out, uh, do an inventory. There was no vehicles missing. Uh, there was no property missing from the inside of the establishment. Investigators locate the victim's car keys nearby and determine neither of their personal vehicles are missing. Robbery does not seem to be the motive. Nothing was taken. They had money on them. Uh, there wasn't a single thing missing. Are you Mr. Escobar's attendant position? Yes, I am. With almost no evidence to go on, Detective Day hopes to learn more from the critically wounded man. We do that with all any kind of a, a shooting that's potentially fatal. Uh, there's a rule in law that a dying declaration does not have to be corroborated. It's not hearsay because if the person knows he's going to die, he's assumed to be able to be telling the truth. Uh, so if you can get a, a, a statement from somebody in really serious uh, circumstances, then it's always a very, very powerful piece of evidence. I gotta check on but the victim dies nine days later without ever regaining consciousness. During the autopsy, the medical examiner recovers the only piece of physical evidence, the bullets that killed the victims. At the Maryland State Police Crime Lab, ballistics expert Joe Capera examines the evidence to determine if there was more than one shooter. There was a microscopic uh, comparison done to determine if these bullets were fired from the same gun. And indeed, as a conclusion to these examinations, I, I concluded that these bullets were fired from the same gun. Examining the scratch patterns on the bullets, Capera determines the make and model of the murder weapon. I was able to ascertain, first of all, the caliber of the gun, which was a 357. 
and then through the measurements of the unique uh, land and groove areas, I was able to ascertain that it was a Ruger 357. With no obvious motive for the slayings, detectives explore the victims' personal lives for clues. You work inside out, you try to find out if these people had any uh, enemies, if there was any triangle, you know, thwarted lover or something like that. These things take you in a hundred different directions and you just have to, you have to take care of one thing at a time. You eliminate something and you move on to the next issue and you just go from there. Detectives find nothing in the victims' backgrounds that could have led to their murders. Since investigators found the victims' car keys near the bodies, they decide to re-examine the slayings as a failed car theft. With that possible motive in mind, detectives speculate how the crime might have occurred. 